Hi, this is Kurt Snyder from NewarkAdvocate.com, and I'm here to welcome you back to another episode of the Advocates Licking County Football Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my colleague Dave Whitig, and uh, Dave, it's week five, so after Friday night, we'll be halfway through the regular season. Uh, time flies, I think, every year, we always say it. It certainly uh, seems no different this year. Yeah, even though uh, we had some delays with the weather and everything, uh, time time wasn't flying then, but as far as the season goes, yes, it most certainly is. And uh, midway point, some things are starting to shake out. Uh, some trends starting to develop, some teams uh, starting to emerge. Definitely. Uh, we still have the two unbeaten teams, uh, Licking Valley and Granville are both 4-0. Uh, they're both now in the top five in the state media poll. Licking Valley remained at number three in Division Four after last week's victory against Utica. Granville jumped from 7-4 to four in Division Three after uh, beating Johnstown 14-0. And I think definitely in the Blue Aces case, uh, teams and voters are recognizing who the Blue Aces have beaten this season. Well, you know, throughout the offseason, in the preseason, we talked about their four-game gauntlet that they were running at the start of the season with a team that wasn't really that experienced other than maybe their receiving score, core and, and, and some of their, uh, you know, skilled guys. But uh, they, here they are uh, emerging unscathed from that, which is, which is truly impressive. And, you know, when you look at the teams they've beaten from all over, you know, Clear Fork, you know, still sticks out in my mind, you know, in week two that they're 3-1. They're and one And, you know, as we said at the time, Granville broke their 21-game um, regular season winning streak. And so they're, they're still really good. And, you know, beating a, handling a, a traditionally strong program like Eastmore like they did. And, and Johnstown last week, although – uh, if you ask Coach Justin Buttermore, he, he will tell you they left a lot of points on the field against the Johnnies. Definitely. Coaches are always looking to uh, to get better. They're always uh, you know kind of accentuating the negative, just reminding the uh, players uh, what they need to keep doing to, to continue to get better. And certainly when they're in those close games, uh, you know, not getting the ball into the end zone or settling for field goals or missing field goals, stuff like that uh, could come back to haunt you in a close game. And, you know, you also mentioned, you know, teams and games coming into view and trends uh we have a, several games here this week and maybe next week where we're going to start talking about playoffs because it is just halfway through the season but when you look at points and what's out there for teams to to grab up uh, these are some big games coming up we look at what teams like newark catholic and heath you know these points you get them now you know that's what gives you a chance to get in later down the road well you mentioned newark catholic you know he, uh, you may basically turn their whole season around by by uh, beating a Watkins Memorial team that you know a Division two team uh, that's probably going to win several more games and, and beating them convincingly and uh, you know Heath is right in the thick of it now in uh, Division four in, in Licking Valley's Region fifteen and uh, you know there's a couple of Muskingum Valley League teams in there and John Glenn and Philo who traditionally have made it out of that region with records you know ranging from seven and three to to eight and two or nine and one. And so the Bulldogs are thinking big things right now. Um, and and it's, it's refreshing to see, you know, after a couple-year hiatus for them. Definitely. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the weather delays. And, you know, that's something that every team, you know, both teams obviously go through it. You know, you, you never know. Usually about once a year, once every couple of seasons, uh, we have a night where there's bad weather. And your case, you were covering Granville the last two weeks, and they had to deal with it, you know, two, two weeks in a row. Uh, Heath and Looking Heights had to uh, go back Saturday, and uh, Heath came out victorious. And you know, what did the coaches kind of say about dealing with you know something like that, where you know coaches are control freaks to begin with, 
and that's about the least amount of control they ever have on a Friday night. I talked to Mitch Kunar of uh, Granville about that very thing. Uh, you know, the, the previous week they were like an hour and a half on their home field. This was two and a half hours on an away field. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he admitted, you know, that uh, there were some kids goofing off during that time. I mean, how, how do you stay that, that focused for that period of time? But he said on the other side of the coin, they have some really good leaders on that team that helped guys stay focused. And then once again, you know, that they came out and uh, we're strong out of, a, a lo- out of an intermission. You know, they've been a great second-half team this year. This time, you know, they come out at the start of the game and play, and play strongly. So, uh, in, you know, in Heath's case, you know, having to come back the next night, they, they kind of set the tone on a Friday night by stopping Licking Heights on, on a fourth and two. And I think that gave them some confidence and a bit of a lift, you know, having to come back the next night. But, but both teams, had, in, in Johnstown too, in, in Heights, they all did admirable jobs dealing with those uh, delays. Certainly, and uh, Northridge and Lakewood also had a uh, nearly three-hour delay before they got kicked off on Friday night. And, you know, Northridge uh, beat the Lancers 41-13. Dylan Parman for the Vikings, senior running back, had 300 yards rushing and six touchdowns. The touchdowns were a school record. And, Dave, you know, we talk a lot about teams that, you know, not everybody can go unbeaten. Not every team can win a league title or make the playoffs. You know, nights like that for Northridge, for Dylan and his offensive linemen, uh, those are nights why you put in the time, you know, why you've been working out since December. You know, you do the uh, weightlifting throughout the off season. You do the summer conditioning and the hot weather, seven-on-sevens, lineman challenges, practices in August. It's for those nights like that. Right, and uh, and they don't run the easiest offense to learn either or, or to defend in the wing tee, which, you know, a lot of precision in that, a lot of assignments. I'm sure it's gratifying to them to see it all come together in a game like that. And, and you know, especially in such an explosive fashion for, for Dylan Parman, who's shown flashes of that throughout the last couple of years. It was good to see it. Good, give it gave them a good boost going into, a, obviously, a tough, tough, tough task at Licking Valley. But uh, Coach Randy Boffman at Licking Valley was very impressed watching him on film and the way they executed that offense in that game. And he said they executed as well as anyone he's seen. As we go into week five, uh, you mentioned Looking Valley hosting Northridge. And, you know, the Panthers, they had a, a tough three-game stretch to begin the season. Uh, they were able to, you know, win convincingly at Utica. They got a lot of players involved, uh, you know, th- three different running backs. And uh, made the comment about Looking Valley's depth uh, to you here this past weekend. When you can put your uh, third-string running back in and he's a starting defensive player, that means you're a pretty strong team uh, all the way around. Yeah, they, def- de- they definitely are that. And, you know, Coach Boffman alluded to it at the start of the season. You never know how it's going to come together. It has really come together for them. And now, over these next three games, you, 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 you know, a lot of guys will probably get a chance to play. But he said for the, maybe the first time in his career, they're able to platoon almost at every position, which is pretty incredible for a Division Four school. That just speaks to, the, to the, their breadth of talent. Um, we talked about, you know, whatever they have, 25 juniors, who have lost one game since the seventh grade. You're seeing some of those guys emerge. And, uh, you know, along with a, you know, a pretty, a pretty strong uh, senior class is, is showing itself out too. And certainly the Panthers are in that stretch where they, they don't want to stub their toe. They want to stay uh, solid here until they get into uh, LCL Buckeye division play here in a couple weeks. And uh, you mentioned the, the, the task that Northridge is. Uh, it's just a different uh, – 
task for preparation. I mean, so many teams now are running the spread, and, you know, with Johnstown Valley face the power football, uh, now Northridge has an offense that not as many teams run as they used to. So that's, you know, like changing your preparation. You prepare one week for something you're never going to see again or maybe see randomly in the playoffs from somebody from out of the area. But, you know, it's totally different. So that keeps coaches awake at night. But, you know, a lot of times a team with Valley's talent, that wins out. Yeah. yeah and, you know, I think, you know, you're going to see that moving forward here. And, uh, you know, they didn't take their, their foot off the gas. I mean, they scored 34 points in the first quarter against Utica. So it's not like, you know, they came out taking anyone for granted. And, you know, if anyone's not going to let them do that, it's, it's Coach Boffin and his coaching staff. And, you know, they've got the type of players, too, that are – he said their, their, their chemistry has just been unbelievable, you know, you know from uh, the seniors to the younger guys, you know, in this strong junior class that's, that's making its own mark already. But um, – they know there's too much at stake to take a step back. You touched on uh, Granville earlier, uh, Utica. You know, right into the, right back into the fire as the Redskins uh, visit Granville on Friday night. And uh, tough stretch here for the Redskins. Uh, senior Ethan Adams has had an outstanding year at receiver, uh, breaking big plays and seemingly every game so far. Uh, you know, that's something it's great to see. Obviously, the the wins and losses and the scores. Uh, are not what the Redskins wanted, but when you uh, see a senior that's able to kind of stand out, and he got some varsity time way back his freshman year. I remember covering a game where he uh, made several catches against Newark Catholic late in his freshman season, and said, "Hey, he's a little guy, but you want to, you know, keep an eye out for him." And uh, you know, he's he's not a big guy, but he certainly has uh, matured and grown into an outstanding player, and certainly even a better leader for uh, the Redskins. And you know, they'll go at Granville on a Friday night. Uh, stepping out of LCL play for a second. Newark will be at Central Crossing, and I'll be heading over to the Grove City area to watch the Cats. And the Cats are 0-4, but for the second consecutive week, they got into the end zone. They got some offense going, and they'll try to ride that against a defensive-minded Central Crossing team. Right, right. And it's good to see them get some confidence going, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I know defensively they've had had their moments early on, but but they're off. good to see them get their offense going. It's good to see Jaya quarterback Jaden Woods start to bust out and a guy like Colin Street at receiver who's really come into his own you know with what four touchdown catches in the last two games so uh, there's there, some weapons are starting to emerge you know we keep saying they, they were looking for that one breakthrough win uh, it's going to be tough against it like you say a strong defense for the comments of central crossing but all it takes is one uh, is one big game one big win yeah coach Bill Franks mentioned that uh you know, a lot of times quarterbacks, it's year two where they make their big step. Well, with Jaden not playing last season, you know, he, he doesn't have that maybe that second year to uh, make that big step. So he's trying to do it all in one. And uh, Coach Franks has been impressed with how quickly he's, uh, you know, picked things up, you know, with with a bit of a new offense, you know, some, some of the same assistant coaches, but, you know, a new head coach with Coach Franks. And, uh, you know, obviously he's found a target in Colin, uh, who's, a senior now and who's kind of finally found his niche uh, in the offense and you know obviously the Wildcats are also excited about some of the younger players and you know people were going to start to see more and more stand out you know, mentioned the, the Comets of Central Crossing uh, they're only one in three you know they, they've struggled a little bit they did beat Newark last year but uh what got everybody's attention was they lost only 17-15 to Reynoldsburg uh, the other night, Central Crossing was ahead in that game until about four minutes to go. So, 
you know, it, it'll be a difficult game. It may be a little bit more lower scoring, uh, you know, obviously. But, you know, the Wildcats, after uh, dealing with Lancaster's multifaceted running game, they might be excited to, to face somebody different this week. Yeah, no doubt about it. <coughs> I know, I know uh, Lancaster changed up their, their offense a little bit from past years. Not, you know, not strictly the wing tee, although that's obviously a big part of what they do. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, if Newark's defense can be solid in this game, and you know, put a, put a whole game together. You know, you think like they're going to be there at the end against the Central Crossing team. Definitely, uh, Newark Catholic is hosting Looking Heights. Uh, Newark Catholic will be at Whitefield for the first time this season uh, in the regular season. And the Green Wave did beat Watkins uh, twenty-one to nothing. Uh, the defense uh, said uh, they were a little bit disappointed with the way they played in Week Three at Paint Valley against a good offense. They felt like they needed to uh, pick up the slack and. They certainly did shutting down Watkins' running game, and you know Matt Carlisle continues to uh, have that one of those senior years to remember, at least through the first half of the season. Threw yet another touchdown to Slater Evans, and then he ran for a couple, which you know he's shown that running ability, which we didn't necessarily know he had coming into this season. Yeah, as you alluded to uh, a day or two ago, uh, you know Slater Evans might be on some some kind of Newark Catholic record pace with, with already what seven touchdown receptions. Yeah, in in, in the four games. And Matt Carlisle, like I said, he's gotten bigger and he's gotten stronger, and, and, it, and there's not much fear out there running. The, my only concern is he runs maybe too much. But, you know, whatever it takes to get that offense going, and he, he runs with confidence, he runs strong. And uh, But you're right, though, with them, the defense it is what really, really caught my eye. They've given up some big plays this season. They've given up some, some big plays at inopportune times. But for them to uh, shut down what has been a really solid Watkins Memorial team, a much improved team, is – they, they must have kicked it into another gear. And they, they knew, you know, what was on the line here with all right, being Division Seven this year. Um, they have a legitimate chance, you know, to get into the playoffs again. And um, they, they, they put it all together on that night. Um, certainly if they could beat Looking Heights, that would be another Division Two win, which will go a long way in helping the Green Wave in that playoff push. Uh, you know, defensively we've talked about some of these young standouts and Brendan Sheehan and uh, – you had Drew Hess and Chance Brooks uh, making big plays on uh, on Friday night, and you know so you know the Green Wave not only is the future bright, but right now the present is looking pretty bright. You know, Dave, you saw Looking Heights last Saturday, and you know 0 and 4. This is the first time since 2005 the Hornets have been 0 and 4, and you know you don't feel like they're that far away, but you know they've got to they've got to help themselves. I mean, 16 penalties I think it was against Heath and for 144 yards. Yeah, you know, that's going to make it difficult to win, uh, especially when you're you know having chances on fourth and short. You know, you're making mistakes maybe down near the goal line when you know seven points could go a long way. Well, right before the half, you know they had the ball down there, in, you know inside the ten, and uh, you know I don't know if they didn't realize the kid didn't get out of bounds or whatever, but they had a couple timeouts left in their pocket and the clock ran out on them when they when they you know realistically could have punched it in the end zone and take some momentum in the second half and they were only down 12 to nothing at that time i think kurt things have just snowballed on them a little bit here i saw some glimpses during that game you know that the, the potential was there but like you said he stopped them i think four or five times on fourth down and uh, you have to be able to convert those and say especially with the type of team that they have you know with a running back like cody wilson who can get those tough yards and had one of the better fake punt runs you're going to see the other night when he turned what looked like it's going to be eight or nine yards into 19 and got the first down. So it's just a matter of them uh, putting it all together in a, in a game. 
Well, Coach Wallen mentioned about some of those fourth down attempts. You mentioned the one right at the beginning of the game on Friday night before it got suspended. You know, maybe he was being a little bullheaded using his word, but you know he wants to be aggressive. You know, it's they have the type of program where they feel like, hey, we should be able to pick up a fourth and two, regardless of where we're at on the field or the situation in the game. And he's trying to uh, show that confidence and that belief in these players. And you know, there's still a lot of season left. So if they maybe, like we talked about with Newark, can get that one breakthrough win, uh, things could snowball in a good way rather than a bad way. Uh, Heath will head to Lakewood. You know, Heath is three and one and. You know, again, every win you get right now, you don't have to get later, and the Bulldogs certainly look like a team that could be talking about playoffs here in Week 11 down the road. Well, you look at their schedule, and, you know, they could, they could win seven or eight games, and that would probably get them in. I don't know if six would in that region, but, uh, you know, seven or eight I think probably would. But, you know, obviously they can't take light, Lakewood lightly. You know, the Battle of the Spikes has been owned for quite some time by Heath. And I'm sure, uh, you know, Coach Lee at Lakewood is playing that up. It may, you know, maybe it's their turn to kind of turn the tables on Heath because if they can knock them off, it would really put a damper on all this postseason talk. So it will be interesting to see if, if Heath can get refocused again on the road and continue their recent uh, strong play. Yeah, the Bulldogs, uh, you know, have an outstanding senior in Austin Morrow. And, you know, Cortez Hatem, they have obviously a great junior in uh, – Dane Hogue, but, you know, they have some other young kids that are really helping them out. And, you know, that's what, you know, the Bulldogs at the beginning of the year, the big focus was, okay, we've got three or four star players. You know, will we have that depth? Will we be able to compete with the best teams on our schedule? And they're, they're seeing that each week, you know, getting more and more contributions. Uh, you know, they got some big kids up front, uh, guys like Gavin Postaweight and Ashton Snedeker, who are big kids there uh, up front. You know, and certainly uh, Hunter Post away at linebacker, Peyton Lees, Keelan Williams at receiver. I mean, these are some new names that we haven't talked about, but we'll talk about more here in the next couple of years. Well, Coach Ward had a good point, and he said, yes, they have been able to build that depth, and that's despite the fact of their lack of numbers. He says their overall numbers are down, but they managed, you know, knock on wood, to stay healthy with the guys they have in there. But, yeah, I, you know, that's the first time I got a chance to see the Bulldogs the other night, and I was struck by the number of new names, too. And, and, he, and these kids are good, too, that are stepping in there right away. You know, Keelan Williams and, and, uh, and Peyton Lees are only sophomores, too. And, you know, as is Gavin Postalweight, you know, up, up front there on the defensive side. And you, like you said before, their offensive line's a lot of juniors as well. But, but it all comes – Austin Morrow really makes them go, and Dane Hope, let's face it. Uh, you know, Austin Morrow with uh, one of the better interceptions returns for a touchdown you're going to see the other night, showing his athleticism, his savvy – on that, and you know, I, but they're they're not happy with the way they're playing on offense. You know, they felt like uh, even though they won twenty six to seven, that they left some points on the board, and uh, you know they're going to be looking to improve that. Definitely, the Lancers uh, were led by Noah Snyder Dock uh, mm-hmm. last Friday night uh, in their loss to Northridge. He had nine catches, one hundred and thirty five yards. You know, like many of the Lancers, he also has to uh, put in a lot of time on defense and. Uh, Noah had a breakout season at catcher last spring for the Lakewood baseball team. So you see these kids who are multi-year, multi-sport players and multi-year players, and it seems like when they uh, have success in one sport, it certainly carries over to the next, gives them a lot of confidence, and uh, you know more and more players that hopefully contribute for the Lancers. And you know, again, if they put it all together, they certainly have the capability to put some points on the board and uh, give the Bulldogs a run for their money. 
Yeah, you know, that once again, a, a different name emerges for them. Noah Snyder, Snydock, who hasn't really, you know, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a solid player on both sides of the ball, but he kind of uh, emerged there as a go-to receiver in that game. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about Zeb Mansker coming back. I'm not sure if he was able to play in that game, but he's another guy that can prov- provide a boost on both sides of the ball, especially the defensive end, and, and, and is a threat as a receiver as well. So, you know, I'm sure – Lakewood sees this as a big opportunity to, to still, you know, still get things turned around. Dave, you'll be at Watkins Memorial, uh, a couple of desperate teams. You know, Watkins uh, thought they were feeling pretty good about themselves, and they get knocked back by Newark Catholic. They're back to two and two, and you know, certainly uh, a lot of big games ahead on their schedule. But you know, they need to get back over five hundred if they want to, you know, make a big season out of two thousand nineteen. And Johnstown, you know, the the schedule's been tough, but. You don't get any computer points for losses, uh, no matter who you apply. So at one and three, uh, the Johnnies, even in Division Five, probably can't afford to lose many more, if any more. Uh, so I, I think this will game will have a, a week nine or ten intensity in week five. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, you know, Johnstown picked things up, especially defensively against Granville. They did a great job against the run. You know, Granville been running the ball pretty well lately, but they pretty pretty much shut them down and, and forced them to pass. Uh, but I'm looking where I'm looking for the jump is on offense for Johnstown as well. I mean, uh, you know, what they could they couldn't get into the end zone. They got down there close once, but other than that, uh, not much of a threat. You know, I don't know what the answer is for them on offense. I know what they're saying. Hey, we just have to execute better. We're going to keep doing what we do. But uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe maybe they'll mix in some throwing a little bit more. I think they have thrown a little bit more than they have in the past, from what I've seen. But it, of course, part of that has been they've been behind as well. But um, uh, like you said in the article that will be in Football Weekly, that uh, you know a lot of two-way guys that they're really depending on to come forward here over these six games. And let's face it, they, if they can win the, their share of these games, they could be back in the playoffs. Yeah, and you mentioned Licking Valley earlier about the uh, being able to go to platoon, and, and that was a strength and a luxury Johnstown's had the last several years is, you know, with the exception of maybe some critical situations, they've essentially been a two-platoon team even as a Division Five school. And, you know, they haven't had that luxury this year. It's certainly putting more burden and uh, on the shoulders of, of those key players. You know, and, and that could wear them down here as the season moves along. Uh, you know, I, I talked to Luke Schlagheck, who is a defensive player who's played a lot more receiver this year. And uh, Wes Myers is a leading rusher. He's the first – really Johnstown tailback that's had to play a lot on defense in a number of years, uh, probably going back more than a decade since they've had to use their uh, main rusher on uh, defense and to, to get a lot of the tackles. And, uh, you know, Hunter Nickel has uh, been in the middle of the defense and also trying to play on the offensive line. So, you know, these guys uh, certainly are looking forward to the challenge. You know, they enjoy doing it. But uh, it's definitely uh, puts a little bit more stress on them and physically and mentally as they try to get this thing turned around. Uh, Dave, is there a game? Uh, obviously, I mentioned you're going to be at Watkins, but is there one thing you're going to watch this week and you know, when we get to the midway point that you want to see here as we get ready then for the second half of the season and also uh, LCL uh, divisional play? Well, uh, I want to see if Newark Catholic and Heath can, can continue to play well. I mean, uh, you know, Licking Heights is definitely uh, looking this is, at this as a game to turn their season around, but Newark Catholic has to extend what they've done, and so, so does Heath. They don't want to take a step back. You know, we, met, we mentioned both those teams as being, you know, possible playoff uh, 
potential. But, uh, you know, they have to keep getting better and building on what they, they've done recently. And um, you don't want to take a step back. And in this league, if you have an off night, yeah, it could come up and bite you. And, Dave, I'm looking forward to going out and seeing the Wildcats out at Central Crossing. Uh, it's my first chance to see the Cats in action since real early in the scrimmage schedule in August. Uh, I know they've obviously uh, had a lot of improvements, a lot of new faces that have kind of emerged with given opportunity. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they play at Central Crossing. And, you know, everybody knows what the schedule looks like. Uh, you know, Coach Franks mentioned Central Crossing being a really good one and three team. But uh, the OCC Capitals looking pretty strong this year. Uh, every team other than Newark, you know, is at least 500, and you know, four of those teams are uh, three and one or four and zero. So certainly the Wildcats know they have a tough road ahead of them. So a win at Central Crossing could go a long way in giving them some confidence and uh, making things a, a lot more enjoyable going into October. I mean, all right, Groveport beating Pickering and Central that opened everyone's eyes. It's not just in that league, in that division, but you know, all Central Ohio. You know, Franklin Heights is three and one. Groveport's four and zero. Oh. Yeah, when's the last time you saw that that happen? So yes, uh, tougher division than, than normal. But uh, yeah, Newark, Newark Catholic needs to get a big road win to uh, get themselves ready because they got to play in that division. You mean Newark, of course. Everybody's going to be listening and hear you say Newark, Newark Catholic. <laughs> I'm at Newark. Newark has, has to do a. Newark has to get a big win uh, to play in this tough OCC division. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, obviously the Wildcats, uh, you know, it, it should be fun. And, again, we have another great schedule, uh, great week of games where we're going to have some close games and some games where, you know, you may end up looking at on Friday night about 1030 and saying, wow, I didn't necessarily expect that to happen. So we look forward to the action. We look forward to bringing it to you. Thanks for listening again, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week.